This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. This month, Cult of Luna will release their new album, A Dawn to Fear, the band's first material under their sole name since 2013's Vertical 1 and 2. A record comprised of eight tracks running 79 minutes, A Dawn to Fear embodies everything the band's faithful have come to expect from them while covering new ground. Purchase your copy now at metalblade.com slash cult of luna. Once again, metalblade.com slash cult of luna. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is I, your host, uh, Petter Speich. I am always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Mr. Hahn Comedy. And... Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at Jocelyn Sharp. That's J-O-Z-A-L-Y-N and sharp like a sharp knife. Like a sharp knife. Like a, like yeah, a, bitch. How about I'll like cut a, you. It's like sharp a, like sharp cheddar. Like a, <laughs> like a katana. Yes. It's my favorite kind of cheddar. Mm. If you guys want to follow me, guys, at Rise to Offend on Facebook, Twitter, Rise to Offend official on Instagram. This week, guys, got to talk to Chase from Gate Creeper. We're here to talk about their excellent new record, Deserted. It is coming out this Friday, October 4th, guys. So make sure you're pre-ordering it. Make sure you're checking it out. But before we do that, as always, guys, we like to talk about the Metal Sucks news. And we got a lot of sad stories this week. So... As you guys may know, Jocelyn Sharp's been on the road doing comedy. That's why she's been gone for most of September. And uh, we were hoping she had a funny story. And she does. Before we get to the sad shit, let's, let's talk about to, a road to, story yeah, with Before Jaws. we get to the sad shit, let's start with some sad shit. Let's start with some other, a different kind of sad shit. Okay, so number one, first of all, I just want to shout out to the Metal Sucks listener that came out to Blue Room Comedy Club in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, it was very nice to meet you. I don't remember you, but. What was oh. his name? Uh, I don't remember. You just, yeah. uh, <laughs> Metal Sucks listener. Metal Sucks listener with the snake bites and shaggy hair. Good for you. Uh, uh, really rocking those piercings, buddy. Uh, him and his girlfriend were great. They were super nice to me after the show, and it was really nice to meet you. And you were very young, so thank you for listening to us old people talk about metal. We like ah, that. We appreciate that. Man, fuck this shit. I ain't old. I'm just old and... I'm the youngest person on this podcast. Just <laughs> old in bones, not in spirit. So, anyway, so... Before I got to meet that Metal Sucks listener in Springfield, Missouri, I was in a, a small town called Kansas City, Missouri, and I had never been there before. And ever in my life, it's my first time performing in Kansas City. I walk into this venue. It's this a super cute, renovated bar that they do this Thursday night comedy show uh, run by this guy named Colby. It's called Shut Up and Clap. It's at the Mockingbird Lounge. And I, I walk in and uh, I'm there with my friend Merritt. And Merritt and I just go to the, the bar to get a drink. We sit down at the table. And as I'm turning around, I see a man walking towards me. And he's got his arms wide out open, recognition on his face, excitement, happiness. And my first thought is like, oh, this is just like a really friendly comedian. Uh, so. My first thought is like, I must have went to high school with you because <laughs> yeah. I don't remember anybody from high school, but they all like, dude, remember we uh, hit algebra. I have these all Fuck the time. Fuck no, bro. All the time, I've man. got a great face that makes it look like someone's a 
important when they're really not. You no, know, me too. I have, I have that face. It's we a, I we can all do need it. it. Anyway, so Jocelyn, did but you give him that face? Here's the problem is that it would happen so quickly. Like my friend Merritt was on the outside and she said, you could see in every inch of your face that you didn't know who he was. Wow. So by the time he got to me, I saw his face fall and we were like embracing for a hug. And then he like pulled away and he's like, do you not remember me? And then like a saw flashback style montage <laughs> came into my head and I remembered that I forgot <laughs> that I slept with him. Yes. <laughs> What did you like? You saw into his eyes. I remember those nostrils. Yeah. Yeah. Breathing heavy. I remember this guy sweating all over me. So a stranger from Kansas City, Missouri. Dude, okay. Now, I don't want to get too uh, graphic, but where did you meet and sleep with him? In Las Vegas. Okay. So that's that's where you're from. Yeah. Yeah. So he was here. He was here once upon a time, and now he's not anymore. But in the moment, I very much was like, wow. Like, I couldn't help but say I said it on stage the next night I was like do you know how slutty you have to be to run into someone you forgot you slept with in a city that you've never been to before. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Could be stalking. No, that's like next level slutty. Like that really is. But at like, least he went from one major city to another. You know, like if it, I mean, I guess if you want to think. Of it like I mean, I'm trying to find a positive here, Jocelyn. You're a slut. Now, here's the thing. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. Don't say that. Uh, no, that was a joke. I am. Come on. I am a slut. She it's, just said slut. I am a slut. She <laughs> just called herself slutty. <laughs> Take it easy, PC police. I'm not PC and policing her. You're he, PC. You're PC. Not me. Just, you're PC. Me. Okay. It's okay if she calls herself slutty. It's not okay if you call her slutty. Oh, okay. That's a double that's, standard. That's a, that's a double standard, but a fair rule. Stop PCing on me. One's an insult, one's self-deprecating. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded way dirty. Bro, I PC'd all over him when okay. you were gone. I don't like he does. I don't like what that made my it's brain very picture. shameful. That's poop collect. Yeah, so uh, I had a blueberry margarita sitting next to a man that I forgot that I had slept with. So that was a real awkward night. You it know? would have been weird if he was like, you don't remember? And he didn't buckle his pants. No, hey! I still wouldn't have remembered. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're listening, weird stranger guy yeah, exactly. Jocelyn slept with. Do you remember his name? Uh, oh, I do remember his but name. We don't have to say. I don't remember. I didn't remember who he was in the moment, but after I remembered him, I remembered all the details. Obviously. Yeah. Last question: How long ago did this transaction occur? Because people do change. If it was like ten years ago or something, how long ago? Was Seven it? years. That's a long time. That is a long time. That's, That's a what long I said. Time. Like he looked a lot different. Yeah, maybe like, his, maybe his dick got bigger. Okay, I doubt it. I doubt it. And I will tell you guys off mic what the issue is with this hookup because there it, it was something. There's a reason why we never slept together. Oh, again. Wow. Okay. Well, we're off mic right yeah. now, so just whisper to us. I'm right not going to tell you because you're going to leave this in. I'm going to look. Him up uh, he on did Twitter. Family Guy impressions the whole time. No way. He was 100%. doing giggity. Yes. I am fucking going to leave this in. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I am going to leave this in. He was doing Family Guy impressions while having sex with you. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That wow. is the saddest thing in the world. He said giggity. But they were good. They were really good impressions. Doesn't matter. So I didn't stop them. Oh wow! You're gonna go fuck Frank Caliendo? Is that what's going on? Just oh. in hopes that he does Charles Barkley while he's plowing. Only you? if when I take my top off, he writes circles and draws and talks, <laughs> talks like John Madden. John Madden does the John Madden voice. <laughs> we're gonna give you a boom. Yeah, I can see yeah. why that's a turn I guess on. you can leave. Yeah. yeah, you can leave it on Mike. Whatever. I don't care if he finds out. Wow. Sorry, buddy. If you find out that no, I'm talking about first you. Off, first off, you should have stopped. You should have stopped him right mid. Why? Inter- no. What an experience. You know. Yeah. No. Like, no. He had a g- ex-girlfriend who was really into it, and now he thinks all chicks like that. Oh my god, dude! 
or his dick wasn't impressive. So he's like, check out my impersonations. Well, I'm not going to say it wasn't because okay, it, it wasn't. Okay, I lose. I'm not going to say, <laughs> it, wasn't, say it wasn't, but it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> All right. No, it was. Maybe it, that's what he was look, trying to do. He was like, some people like, you know, my dick isn't crazy impressive, but I am great at eating pussy. Maybe he was just trying to overcompensate with the impressions. Look, I, we are, we've established before. I am an intimidating woman. I am an, I understand that. And like this hookup happened because I had talked to him twice and I was like, you are beautiful. Let's have sex in my car. And then he was like, wow. all right. <laughs> and then, so that, like, that gives the Shania Twain song, like a whole new meaning. <laughs> that like, don't yeah, I feel like a woman. <laughs> um, hey guys, hey guys, Sid Haig died. Oh. Way to bring it down, Pete. Mm-hmm. You know what had to. You know what happened because we were talking about vagina and dick, and yeah. Pete's like, "Wait a minute, my kids might hear." And then mm. he just wanted Guys, to, all right. Sid Haig cool. died. Yeah, Spider Baby, House of a Thousand Corpses. Cool. Oh. Sid Haig. I'm sad. Eighty. He's in the latest Rob Zombie movie, Three from Hell. The best part is that after I said that, and we're all solemn right now, I can see that you guys still want to try to laugh somehow, but I'm like killing it for you. Yeah, because we had like three other <laughs> no, jokes. I, <laughs> you had like four other jokes, and I just said, fuck it. I thought the movie I'm going did. in. I'm going in with all the right. sadness. Now, all right. Dude was, dude was 80, okay? Now, still very tragic, very sad. Lived a full life, left a lot of stuff for a lot of people in the horror world to appreciate. Um, but. What do you guys think he's going to be remembered for the most? The Rob Zombie films? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's it? No, nah, I mean, he did a lot. Spider I mean, Baby's probably yeah, but the one that I would remember him for the most. The Rob I, see, Zombie I didn't even hear about that. The Rob Zombie no. films are cult classics, though. That's the thing is, like, even to this day, like, mm. people love them. Like, well, it's because he put on clown makeup, and it was just like, you know, and he had bad teeth in the movies, and it was just, I mean, that was... He just had like a scary look to him. Well, and it's kind of an iconic look now. Yeah. Like people, people yeah. wear it as a costume, and right. like so because of that, I think that's what we're always gonna. He, I mean, it's a cultural figure. It's a. It's funny. <laughs> funny you said that because uh, when he before he passed, Rob Zombie did say something about metal and horror being treated just one step above pornography, and like you guys are, oh, it's a cult thing. We'll only know him at like on our in our little cult horror heavy metal things uh, worlds, if I may. Do you guys feel that that's there's any truth to that horror? No. And I'm like, no way, no, bro. Yeah. Like, like you're really putting pornography way. I don't up the clear ladder. my browser history <laughs> yeah. after I listen to metal. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I thought that statement was a little it, extreme. It seems like I don't know. Like, I get- there's a big difference between playing a guitar like a fucking all star and a guy growling than a bukkake. Well, again, <laughs> you know, like I don't think it's one step above. Both require talent. Yeah, I'm gonna really disagree on that. <laughs> really? Hard. Here, just sit still. That's bukkake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I'm just saying from the perspective. We can five five guys without good Family Guy references, but they can still get the job done. Listen, here's my thing though: is that I think that it's a, it takes talent to come when there's four other dudes coming around you. That's my point. That's okay. all. That's wow. all I'm saying. You are so positive. <laughs> I wish you, you got to be one of these guys' manager or something like that. No, kiddo, get back in the game. We believe in you. Bukakis are made in the editing room. It really took seventy five yeah. hours. Uh, I don't agree. I mean, I get where he's coming from because yes, and there is a subsection of society that still looks at metal and horror and thinks they're things of the devil. You know, they really do treat them like, you know, this anti Judeo Christian institution that's meant to like bring down the youth of America. But in reality, I think that, you know, nowadays like uh, horror is like people are obsessed with it. And I get where Rob is coming from with this statement. It's not that I don't see what he's talking about, but I think that he's, he's saying artistic value. I think is like, Hey guys, um, you know, 
the mainstream and Rob Zombie's a part of the mainstream, obviously with with hard rock and metal. The mainstream, the Grammys, the things we bitch about, never look at this as art. They look at it as like, oh, it's just like lowest common denominator shock value, which pornography kind of has become. It's just fucking shock value, right? Right. And so that's what he's kind of saying. He's like, oh, it's just to shock people and be like, look how edgy we are, and that's how people treat metal and horror. I um, see the correlation. Here's though. the truth: is that there is a truth to that. There is a lowest common denominator that horror films go for. There has been horror films where I'm like, God damn, this is stupid. I mean, the, the last 20 years in horror has been about how creepy of a house can you make in a movie? <laughs> like, that's really what horror's been. Like, and it's fine. It makes money, but it, it is more mainstream. I would say the statement is probably more true for metal. But pornography is like, well, you know, here's the thing, is, is like a hard could be damaging traumatic thing for certain people to see yeah and i'm not gonna and where horror can be as well it is a movie arachnophobia fucked me up when i was a kid me too yeah four years yes (laughs) you just said it and i feel like something's crawling on me there you go (laughs) yeah exactly that movie fucks you up it's a bukkake pete all i'm saying is is like when you look at uh you look at scary movies it's like it can be yeah it could be stupid shock value most creative way to chop off someone's head but then you also have movies that really like you were telling me about the movie hereditary you know pete hated it because he didn't like the acting but you were but i actually did a little oh, bit I, of, didn't, I didn't not like the acting was way over the top and ridiculous but the movie from start to finish was just trash man it was see, horrible. Uh, see I had it's a like every of, it's like every film school like cliche you can possibly do it, it, with well, loud it, music to it and they just called it a movie hereditary I, was trash i'm not saying that it wasn't but i'm saying for like i am always the one to say like yeah i like bad shit sometimes and like just sitting the movie scared me like yeah. i i could barely blink when i was watching it because i was like what the fuck is happening and i really enjoyed it like right. i don't think you can overact more than uh, it's it's a toss-up between hereditary and magnolia so all right guys so you let us know what you think on all that stuff as well so the last thing we want to touch on not much that we can say it was just kind of a surprise i think from a lot of us out here is that james hetfield from metallica is back in rehab as many of us know he has had struggles with alcohol addiction and other things <clears throat> they've been non-stop touring for years on hardwire to self-destruct and maybe that had a factor we obviously don't know we just wish him the best of luck it just goes to show that people who have addiction problems or issues you never know you're never cured you're never cured it is really a when, when you learn that habit, um, you'll always find comfort in it. Well, you know? when you listen to Steven Tyler talk about his heroin addiction, it he goes into, I wrote some of the best music I've ever written while on that. He's like, I've had some of the best times I've ever had in my life while on that. And he goes, and I have to tell myself that every day that it's also contributed to me losing family, losing friends, losing my life, you know, just, just all this, all the, there, there's more loss that comes with it. The thing is, though, is like some of your greatest highlights are also going to be associated with that substance. And I just hope James gets it together. I, I believe he will. I mean, he's definitely got the money to go to the best rehab facilities, you know, money can buy and, you know, and maybe, maybe he's going to have to have a, uh, what do you call it? A, a sponsor go on the road with him. Uh, I have a lot of sponsors in my family. We're a family of addicts and a lot of sober now people. And it's, it really is one day at a time. So <sighs> he had a day where he didn't take it one day at a time and now he's got to go back and it sucks and it's sad to hear. But you know, the thing is, is that recovery is always possible no matter how old you are, no matter how deep into addiction you are, no matter what you've done, no matter, you know, if you're out there right now struggling with addiction and you feel ashamed or you feel like you can't, 
ask for help because you've asked for it too many times. Like, don't believe that. Like, <sighs> that's the addiction talking. And, and I'm really happy to hear that he went back to rehab because it'd be very easy at being wealthy and famous to not. Yeah. And he's and that's the thing. He turned down a ton of money. He turned down all these tour dates. I mean, he could have probably he probably turned down an extra million at or least. so, you know, just to just to get his life back on track. So uh, more power to you, James. Giggity. You did not. <laughs> you son of a bitch. This is why I didn't want to tell you on Mike. <laughs> well, with that emotional roller coaster that was the first 15 minutes of the Metal Sucks podcast, let's jump into my interview with Chase from Gate Creeper. Everyone, what's going on? It's Petter with the Metal Sucks podcast on the phone. I got Chase from Gate Creeper. We're here to talk about the new record, Deserted, which is coming out October 4th, and also the tour that's starting Halloween and running all the way till December 4th. I'm going to assume that you're a huge fan of horror films. Can I say that? Um, I mean, I'm not really, honestly. <laughs> wow. What is your favorite genre of movie? Uh, I don't know. I'm not like... Uh, I honestly don't, I'm not a big movie person. I know that might sound, um, like blasphemy, but, um, I don't know. I never, I, I mean, I'll go, I'll, I'll watch some movies, but I'm not, uh, someone that will watch movies over and over. Um, like my favorite movie is Encino Man, if that gives you any, um, if that gives you any information. It gives me plenty of information. I've seen that movie. <laughs> And um, I, I, I see that it is an entertainment factor type of, of deal, man. Um, is Polly Shore, did he let you down at jury duty? Because that's when I, when I jumped off the Polly Shore ship. I'm just letting you know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Encino Man's definitely the, his peak. Uh, what, what was it? Uh, Stepson is kind of the same character. Yeah, uh, I dug that one. It was, oh, Son-in-Law. Yeah, I dug that one, right? Son-in-Law, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, then jury duty happened. And you're like, was, jury oh. duty, was jury duty after Biodome? I think it was right before, but Biodome, I'm going to have to revisit. I was really young when I saw that. I liked it. But in the back of my yeah. head, I, it's, it's horrible, right? Yeah, it's bad. I, I watched it a couple of months ago, actually, and it's, it's, it's very 90s. Yeah, that, and that's unfortunately – you know what's crazy? When I see things that – like maybe because I wasn't – I was alive, but I wasn't like coherent during the 80s. When I see things that are very 80s, I'm like, that's so cool. But because mm-hmm. I was alive during the 90s, when I see him, I'm like, that's so dated. It's, it's weird, yeah. right? Because we, yeah, yeah. we were alive during the haircuts, right? We're like, no, I remember this outfit, right? <laughs> so, yeah. But um, yeah, Valdome, I got to revisit it, dude. I revisited Airheads and nah, still amazing. I love it. I love the Lone Rangers. There's a, there's a song that someone needs to cover. Do you, are you a fan of Airheads? Yeah. Yeah. What is that song? Oh, man, I don't know. But just it, you did the Encino Man, so I went Brendan Fraser down the road on you and stuff like that. So, um, But that is interesting that you're not a huge fan of movies. I feel like, it, you know, in America, you're, you're born in, you were in Arizona, right? Where you're, is yeah. You're correct? Yeah. yeah. For being in, like born in America, it's like it's almost inbreded in you, the love sports and movies to me. Yeah. Like, it's almost unavoidable for you not to jump on one way or the other. Um, how do you feel you kind of like stepped away from the movie thing and said, eh, it's no big deal? Um, I mean, like you said, you know, growing up, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know how old you are. I'm 32 now. Hmm. Um, but I remember, you know, before the internet was, you know, 
a household thing and the the movie like the summer blockbuster movies of course i'd always see those as a kid you know like whether it's like godzilla or um whatever batman movie it was like a big deal you know like there'd be the special edition cups at taco bell like there was, there was a big deal um so it's definitely embedded in youtube for the movies and i still you know i'll go see a, a couple movies a year like i went and saw midsummer i liked that movie um i didn't really like hereditary hated hereditary that's what i was just about to say i'm like wow i so i should see midsummer even though i hated hereditary yeah yeah i didn't okay. like hereditary but i like midsummer a lot actually cool um but I don't know. I think I just, uh, I have number one, I think I have a short attention span. Um, so it's like to, especially now as an adult to sit, have set aside some time and be like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie for an hour and a half or whatever. I'll probably get bored. I'll probably start doing something else. Um, and I think how I got away from it is just mute. Like, you know, how you choose to spend your own, your free time and entertainment, um, I've always gravitated towards music. You know, I know that you they're not mutually exclusive, but, um, you know, if I'm going to sit down and, and be entertained or, you know, with, with, that's the, with music, you can enjoy it passively. Um, you know, you can, you can sit down and be like, I'm going to listen to this record and really pay attention to it. Or you can, I'm going to put this record on while I work on this other thing. And you can enjoy it and not have to pay attention to it all the time. With a movie, you can't really do that, you know. Sure, you can put it on the back, in, in the background. But if it's the first time you're watching it, you won't know what the fuck's going on, so. Absolutely. And you're right about the event movies. Because I remember Independence Day. I'm a couple of years older than you. And mm -hmm. I remember the cups. I, I saved them, and they all mm -hmm. like they, in the dishwasher. The, the heat would like you know ruin them because they kind of had like in Seven Eleven they had the three is three D now what is it? It's the tool enema cover uh, cups. Anyways, I don't know what that that yeah. technology is called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and I remember the the event of Independence Day. Like you could not go not go see that movie in the theater. You're right. It was such a, a big deal. Records had that too, the midnight record um, release, you know, back mm -hmm. in the day. I remember the lines for certain rep records at like Tower Records, but like, um, yeah, because it was like there, there were like these life changing moments for you kind of entertainment growing up at that time where the internet's bound to change that though, you know, I, I guess. And, and I never say things are um, worse when they're more complicated. I just think they're mm -hmm. more complicated. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. it's not like I'm I'm getting less entertainment or less uh, value in the things I saw. I just think the event part of it is kind of uh, maybe gone away because of that, mm -hmm. which is which is all right, man. You know. And, yeah. Uh, are you so with a short attention span? I assume that gaming you you grow grew out of that a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, the last time that I played video games extensively was Nintendo sixty four, probably. I mean, I guess I played a little bit of X, the original Xbox with like Halo with my brothers or something. But the last time I really gave a shit about gaming was Nintendo 64, which was a long time ago. Yeah. Playing Goldeneye. Playing Goldeneye, you said? Goldeneye, yeah. Oh, I remember. That game was impossible, dude, on Nintendo 64. I'm proud of you that you, I remember everybody was into that. I felt like, same with Halo, though. I'm so bad at these yeah. games. But those are yeah. those are similar styled games, and yeah, dude, I, I do remember that. That's cool, though. I think music is the same way. Like um, my attention span that I always forced was um, 
With cinema, I would do it, but these days, like you said, it's very hard for me to have 90 minutes, so I do watch things in segments, you know? And, mm-hmm. and so I never I never am as passionately, like, anti-something, because I'm like, yeah, well, it took six sittings for me to get through it, and I didn't like it, you know? So it's different. You're completely right on that. But with music, yeah. it is um, so much more accessible. <laughs> do you remember that feeling of not having a CD player, like a portable CD player or anything to listen to music and all you can think about is the songs and you wanted to get home? Do you remember that feeling? Yes. It's gone. It doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> we, we have it with us all the time, right? Yeah. yeah so that's, that's, a, oh, that's a crazy thought right there, man. Because I do remember just being itching to get home to hear the record, man. Or like, oh, it's lunchtime. Let me go to my car and listen to a couple tracks before I have to go back to school. Yeah, I remember that. That's, yeah, it's gone. Now, it, now it, if I was in school now, I would always have headphones in without people knowing. Yeah. Some secret AirPods. Exactly. Something. Something. I, it, yeah. There's no way I would let them get away. So I, <laughs> we are here to talk about, like I said, new record, Deserted, man. Super excited about it. You know, it has some cover art, man, that I, first I want to touch on. That is just insanely awesome. It's, I saw a JPEG of it. Now, I don't get the actual physical copy or the vinyl, but tell me your uh-huh. first reaction when you saw that completed. Um, I mean, I was very, I was very excited. It's a little bit different when you've been kind of uh i was working with the artist um brad moore um you know i it was probably at least like a six month process i want to say um you know I, I i wrote him and he's he's a very uh traditional like old school guy i would say like um i, I initially you know messaged him but then it started like uh, he made some skit. We talked about, you know, we already had the uh, album title deserted and I told him, gave him some very basic outline of like, this is what I want, like a desert landscape, but in your style, like I kind of just let it left it pretty open with just the title and just the general themes of it. And uh, he sketched something out, but instead of taking a picture of it and sending it to me, he got my address and mailed me snail mail the the physical sketch that he did with like a letter and he he comes from the time of uh tape trading like zine you know homemade zine sort of stuff Mm -hmm. which is really cool i like that sort of stuff um even though i was not around for it i'm not old enough to be around for that uh i think it's cool that how how that all works so um it was like very felt very uh authentic so he, he mailed me a couple of sketches and we worked on it, you know, going back and forth. Um, the second time he mailed me a sketch, he was like, Hey, I didn't make a copy. Can you, I need that back. Can you send it back to me? Um, and then by the time we were, we were actually recording the record. Um, he was finishing it up. He had started, you know, doing the final painting and, you know, we kind of went uh, back and forth on a, uh, on a couple of things, making a couple changes. So, um, if I would have just seen it for the first time and didn't know anything about it, I would have been blown away. Uh, I'm still blown away by the final product, but I, it's a little bit different when you see it in every step of the way, you know? Um, but I did buy from him the original painting, which I have in my house right now. Wow, dude, you need to, you need to recommend him to everyone. So that is hand drawn. I, I, it looked hand drawn to me, but again, it was a JPEG and it's so hard to tell these days, but he, he yes. drew everything and it was actual paint. Yeah, yeah, it's a painting. Oh, dude. What's his name? 
Brad Moore. God, Brad Moore. Hats off to you. I, I, I commend you. This is an amazing piece of artwork. And dude, that's actually really a cool story um, behind that because um, was it were you interested in having someone do kind of the hand-drawn old-school type of uh, album covers or was that just yes. something that you, you were interested in that? Yeah, I mean, we did it for our last our last record. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a, a real painting too. Um, for me, I think that death metal, there's certain things uh, that I believe are fundamentals um, of death metal that I try to, to stay true to. And for me, I think that a death metal full-length album should have a cool painting on the front. Um, just like all the, the classic albums, all the like Dan Seagrave art. Um, that's just one of the things that I think that a death metal full length should have a cool painting on it. So, um, I definitely wanted to, to do that again. I didn't want to use the same guy that we used before. I wanted to change it up. So I kind of searched and searched, um, was on the hunt for somebody that would do, you know, physical painting. And I saw, uh, two mold. They're out there, the um, manner of inference forms. He did that album cover, mm. and it, that kind of came out right around the time uh, that I was on the hunt. And I was like, Who, who is this guy? Uh, I gotta find this guy. So nice, dude. And the color palette, I may say, it, it looks like the VHS color palette a little bit of Encino Man, not all the way. <laughs> it is a little it is a little brighter than than uh, some re- records but no fantastic artwork what a great story man and i love that dude i um i always talk about that cuz i'm i'm kind of into the comic book scene and and, and this the, the hand drawn comic books that people do like in their basements and in their backyards yeah. uh you know backyards what am i talking about <laughs> in their basements or their houses how's that right so um well you if you're into comics that's uh i mean Brad did some album covers, you know, like in the nineties, oh. but he's mostly been doing comic book stuff. So if you look him up, you'll probably find a bunch of cool comic stuff that you like. So uh, that's main, that's mainly what he's been doing. To me, it seems like an impossible task. You know, like when you look at art and you're like, there is no way if I try to do this for 10, 15 straight years, I would ever pull this off. Right. Yeah. And that's what I mean. That's the, that's the awe of the hand drawn cover or, or comic book. There was a film that I saw called Tim's Vermeer. Did you ever hear about this? Is a, this is like a real small film. It's a documentary done by Penn & Teller about a, a guy trying to mimic a Vermeer painting because he's trying to say the guy cheated back in, way back in the day. And uh, it took him like two and a half years, and he did it. And that was the end of the movie. So sorry that I ruined it for everybody and for the nerdy yeah. uh, for the nerdy out there. But it was just an amazing thing that he looked at it. Like, so that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I've looked at art and said, there's no way I can pull that off. And this guy had the same mindset and, but he had money and all that stuff. But that's, isn't that what art's supposed to do is be like, bro, there's no way there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the stuff. So hats off dude. And uh, I will definitely check out Brad Moore. I don't know of his website, but you guys know his name. So make sure you check it out. If you guys haven't seen the cover of the record yet, man, look it up. It's amazing. It's, it's awesome. You can go to you guys' Facebook page. It's on there. It's, it's excellent. So I didn't want to talk about the tour that you got coming up. Um, exhumed, Necrot, um, you guys, and you're touring all the way through Thanksgiving, man. So, uh, have you ever spent Thanksgiving on a tour before? Yeah, I think uh, the last two Thanksgivings mm-hmm. I've been on tour. Wait, no, I was home last Thanksgiving, but the two before that, I was gone. 
the Thanksgiving of 2017, um, we were on tour with Cannibal Corpse and Power Trip, and uh, we spent Thanksgiving that year, us and Power Trip, at a Golden Corral in uh, Omaha, Nebraska. I bet it was packed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there actually was a lot of people there. Yeah, dude, that that's Omaha, Nebraska. Sounds like the Golden Corral Thanksgiving is is legit. I'll tell you that. Exactly. Was there like a package that you can you can hook up? Yeah, I think so. Nice, dude. Nice, dude. I don't know where you got. I didn't look at the dates to see where you're going to be at Thanksgiving, but I'm telling you, if it's if it's Midwestern areas, you're going to find yourself a, a good little meal. I I uh I I got to tell you, man, I really like going out for Thanksgiving. I don't know if my mm-hmm. family does. Your family do like a thing where they just cook a lot and all that stuff. I never had that. Yeah, yeah. I have a big I have a big family, mm-hmm. extended family. So every year, every other year, like the families do there's a big one and then the off year everybody goes to like their in-laws instead you know so there's like Mm. back and forth but for this tour actually um we routed it so usually there'll be you know we'll be on tour technically for thanksgiving but uh since it's in the U.S., we have like a day off for that because probably people aren't going to come to a show on Thanksgiving. But we routed this tour so that we're playing a show in Canada on Thanksgiving so that it hope won't really affect it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, and I don't, that's, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure Canada can't celebrate Thanksgiving. That's our thing. But uh, yeah. I, always, <laughs> I always wonder about that. I know how naive you are until you're there, but like I always wonder about that stuff. Now, when you have a big family, though, isn't that doesn't that mean you have to bring something to Thanksgiving? Like, what is your dish that you would have to bring? Uh, I never do. No, you never Honestly, do. <laughs> no. It's I, all taken care of. I just show up. And eat. That's the win. Oh, uh, man. I should probably, I mean, I, maybe I'm just staying forever uh, a, a, a kid. I should accept the adult responsibilities of now it's my now it's i have to join the circle of bringing dishes but um i'm gonna help you. <laughs> i'm gonna help you here dude i'm gonna help you here the, the dish that you'll bring that nobody else brings because that you, they don't say it's thanksgiving you don't do it for thanksgiving but if you bring it people are like oh i guess it makes sense scallop potatoes easy to oh, do yeah i pull it off all the time and you know <laughs> and I'll, I'll be like here's some scallop and oh is that for thing oh well i guess potatoes yeah it's got cheese on it <laughs> right so <laughs> Dude, that's just so you know for the future reference. Now, Golden Corral in Canada this year, <laughs> I don't even know if they have them up there, but future reference, scallop potatoes, everybody. All, all you metal dudes that are probably like me and Chase that never bring anything but eat a lot, scallop potatoes, I'm telling you. That's the way to there go. go. There you go. I got, you got to help them out. You got to help them out. Because we're all, I, I'm, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm 39 now. I still dress like I'm 17, bro. I'm never going to change. You know, that's <laughs> sad, I know, but um, it, it works. It works. Um, I have a work uniform. How's that? Boom. I look good there. there. Go. So uh, let me ask you this, dude. Like, as, as I mentioned, being from Arizona, I'm from Vegas. We actually get you guys on the last day of the tour, if I'm not mistaken, um, uh-huh. which is always great because the last day you guys will like throw stuff at each other and, and do like pranks. So yeah. uh, I'll, get to, I'll get to experience that out here in Vegas. And um, being from Arizona, though, and as we just mentioned that we, you know, we're perpetually still dressing kind of like 17-year-olds and doing our thing. Um, how do you pack properly when you go through the winter tours? And the first time did you did go through a winter tour, did you pack properly or were you just freezing the whole time? Um, 
I'll usually try to pack properly. Mm. I pack for a tour. I like to pack a lot. Like I'll bring a stupid big bag just because I don't want to have to do laundry. So I just bring enough shirts or something for the the whole tour. Ideally, um, I think on our last the thing the winter tour. If I'm prepared, I know like all right, I need to pack jacket, warm clothes. But the last two, it, if it's not distinctly during the winter, usually I kind of fuck up because I, I forget that even though, say, in October or whatever, in Arizona, it's not jacket weather yet. But then we, I think on the last tour, we were in Boston or something and I hadn't, because it was October, I think, and I hadn't packed like a heavy jacket and it was really cold. So I had to go and buy a jacket. Um, yeah that's but, that's that's me i'm i'm in i'm in shorts and it's like oh snow's not that bad oh wait snow's real bad i gotta i gotta go, yeah i gotta go buy something now <laughs> and you end up with like sweatpants to say pink on them because that's all that's available at the airport and you're like ah whatever <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> i forget i forget that vegas is much like because i i was just in vegas i went to psycho las vegas oh yeah i've been there dude how the past couple of years you guys played, I thought, two years ago. I saw yeah. it with uh, I, I walked out of Cult of Luna and Julie Christmas. And you guys were in the vinyl, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, we played right? so um, I played the last two years. So so it was two years there. ago. Gate Creeper played uh, outside, is at the pool stage. Yeah, and then uh, I also played Spirit of Drift. And last year, Spirit of Drift played also at the pool stage. Uh, was that, when it was still at the Hard Rock. When it was at the Hard Rock. And then this year was at Mandalay Bay for the first time. Which um, which one do you prefer? I mean, we're allowed to talk about it. I, I like the Hard Rock setup better, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. me too. Okay, because the House I, of Blues I mean, to the... It was it was just... It wasn't too far. It just... I don't know. Yeah. Too much weaving around. I mean, Mandalay was cool. Yeah. Um, but i liked hard rock because it was a little bit smaller and it felt like everybody that was for the fest just fully took over that place Mm -hmm. um with mandalay since it's so big there was a mix of like there was just random normal tourists there and all the fest people with hard rock it felt just like super inclusive like the whole thing was just everybody there from the fest you know yes and, uh-huh. every, and everything was like to the people that haven't been there you got the joint and then you have right next to us the vinyl and then you go mm-hmm. down the hallway it's the pool and that's where the merch is too so you're virtually yeah. walking just fr- to the pool and back you know to like you said so you're running into the same people over and over and over again so yeah you're right where the Manly bay was house of blues is way over here event center the pool stage was like morea if, I, if i'm not mistaken mm-hmm. like the beach club so it was it was almost like a, a full circle of a a, a major casino opposed yeah. to uh, a rock and roll one so yeah dude i i uh it's the i don't know how we landed psycho vegas here in vegas i don't know how we landed that festival but that is the best music festival in america i stand by that i i love psycho even you know at the new place you know i I did like Hard Rock better, but I think Manalee was still really cool. And it is, it, I agree, it's my favorite festival. And like, whether I'm playing or not, I'm probably going to go every year. Yeah. And it's close. A lot of Vegas that's not on the Strip, it reminds me a lot of Phoenix. It's just flat, hot. Everything's kind of on a grid. I, I've always said that. Our economy, now that we have a sports team, we got the Raiders coming, we got the Golden Knights and all that stuff. People are saying that a lot of people from Los Angeles are coming over, you know, because of the housing market. But I think our economy will end up being just like 
Phoenix, just like Arizona. I think that we're going to have a very similar style. I'm hoping at least. So one thing I did want to talk about, um, when I talked to Tony from uh, Iron Reagan, he said that you guys had a bromance going, you, you guys, uh, in Iron Reagan. And, uh, um, oh, yeah. Tell me how that bromance started from your end, because he told me from his end a, a little while back. Um, and uh, you guys make great split records, and I, I, you guys will probably do more in the future because of this. But um, tell me how the whole thing started from your end. Um, in 2016, when our first full length uh, came out, uh, we did our first kind of bigger package tour as a band. Um, it was skeleton witch iron reagan oathbreaker and gay creeper um we hadn't really met any of them uh but we on that tour we we really got along with everybody and especially iron reagan um we had a we had a day off somewhere in like pensacola or something and we all kind of stayed and went to the beach and we all just hung out. And I think that day we started a group chat that was just for memes. Um, and it's still going to this day. So three years later, um, it's still going strong. It's very active every day. Um, yeah. And since that tour, that's, we've, we've just, uh, been friends and you know, whenever we're in Richmond, we, we stayed at Tony's house, and um, yeah, we, we keep in contact. Nice, dude. Pretty yeah. regularly. I know Vinny, Vinny Paul, you know, he, pa- he passed away out here, RIP Vinny Paul. I know he was in that uh, text message thread of memes. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah, fam- uh, we get some, usually Tony gets a hold of some famous people, random famous people's uh, uh, phone number and adds them to the chat. <laughs> awesome <laughs> so they don't even know what's happening <laughs> just, no. and they just get memed out that's that's actually cool man you got you have my number throw me in that chat no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> i'll take memes all day that's that's great um <laughs> and then that's that's how it maintains is the memes now who's the darkest meme thrower in that chat that you know Oof. i don't know um it depends I, I, I don't know. Okay. In, in <laughs> essence, I know I'm like, you're kind of putting someone on blast. Like their, their humor is, is just sick, you know, <laughs> but yeah. there's a, yeah. Is there any rules? Can it be anything? Yeah. As long as it's memes, That's you all, know, just the meme rule. Ideally no side talk, you know, there has been some sort of discussion in there, but it's usually like, you know, you don't say anything. There's no words spoken. It's just, pictures (laughs) it's excellent dude so i want to ask you just a couple more questions as we're talking about deserted guys once again it's coming out october 4th the record was mixed by kurt baloo and uh what kind of notes do you give him or does he have just complete trust so this is the third uh the third thing that he's mixed for us technically it's been four releases but um the, our Sonora Deprivation, our first record, was the first thing that he mixed for us, um, and then we, we with that Iron Reagan split, we recorded that and another like a single, like a seven inch, the Sweltering Madness seven inch. We recorded that in the Iron Reagan split together, and he mixed that as one session, and then it came out in two releases, um, and this record 
deserted is the third kind of session that he's mixed for us. But um, so usually we're just emailing back and forth with notes. Um, but for this one, this is the first time that I went to God City um, in Salem. I went for the last two days of mixing. So it was a combination of original notes and his first kind of pass at it and putting it together. And then I got to go out there and in person, I could be like, oh, hey, this part right here, let's change this or add this or, you know, um, turn this up, turn this down, whatever it is. So um, that was a new process that we did for the first time on this one. But um, generally, I mean, it's there's not a whole lot of direction specifically because I think he understands um, what we want to sound like. Um, so, especially at this point, we've been working with him for a while now, that uh, he, he gets it. So, um, any of the notes are usually more, um, specific detail sort of stuff. Cool, man. Cool. Yeah. I just the way he mixes things, I obviously one of our favorites for sure. Last mm -hmm. question. I did want to ask you, uh, kind of a hot button thing that they're talking about right now, but what is your take on the porno grind bands out there? That's where a lot of the hot button stuff has been coming up because of the, the horrible human being that shut people up in Dayton and he was in a porno grind band. Yeah. But there's a backlash that follows it with death metal and other genres that we do find very, um, you know, close to our heart. So what, what, what is your kind of take on that? Do you think it does affect the voice in metal at all? Um, not really. I mean, it's such a small, it's such a small thing. And I think it's something that's not taken seriously. Um, I mean, the genre in itself is kind of a novelty and, and jokey. So it's not something that, um, people are listening to and are like, Oh wow, this is, you know, I need to apply this to my daily life. Um, and I mean, it, it's, it's, I think it's kind of in general kind of corny, you know, it's like, uh, but I think it's purposely supposed to be like that. Like it's very edgy. Mm -hmm. It's, it's about as edgy as you can get. Um, just being a just being offensive for being off offensive or being like um, perverted or obscene, you know whether it's like the album covers or just the content of it. The only band that I, I remember there was a band, I guess the only like porno grind I guess you could call it that I ever really like listened to when I was a teenager uh, was the band XXX Maniac. And I remember listening to it and just thinking that it was like funny um, and kind of absurd. But um, I mean, I don't think that it really affects the overall landscape of it. Obviously, for I mean, I knew why you brought it up because I also saw those stories and everything. Mm. Um, but I don't think it affects it any more than, you know, overly like satanic or anything that's kind of extreme. Um, and you know, quote unquote shocking sort of metal. But. No, I agree with you, man. I think that absurdity has lost, uh, it's harder to present anything absurd. I think in, uh, I don't know. It just seems harder to 
be like, that's just, that's just stupid. And that's just for shock value or, you know, the basic simple thing. I think it does get read into, um, I don't know, man, doesn't shock value and metal, like, hasn't that always kind of gone, whether it be like the religious stuff or whether it be whatever, isn't that part of, uh, almost the landscape in a way? Yeah. So yeah, the debate will go on. They say, man, but I want to everybody out there one more time, dude, I just want everybody to make sure you guys pre-ordered new record deserted by gate creeper. You guys, so great record, dude. Excellent talk. Really happy I finally got to chat with you guys. And uh, next year in Psycho Vegas, I know where you'll be at. So I'm sure uh, it's a little more of a drive for you, but uh, for me, not too bad. <laughs> All right, Chase. Uh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be if I'm if I'm not doing something else, or hopefully we'll be able to play next year. Who knows? But um, I'll most likely be there. Excellent, dude. So, and I'll see you. Uh, what? Oh, December fourth. December fourth or something. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I'll bring you a copy of Encino Man on VHS. If I if I ha- if I find one, I'm going to bring it to you. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Not a problem, man. Uh, and so, thank you, dude, so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Yeah.
Metal Sucks Podcast. We are back, guys. 
First couple songs you heard is after the latest record from Gate Creeper, Deserted. It is coming out this Friday, October 4th. First track is Everlasting. Second one is From the Ashes. Make sure you check out the video for From the Ashes. Third song you guys heard is from the latest record from Dawn of Disease. I was such a huge fan of their last record, guy. This one is called Procession of Ghosts. You heard the title track, and this one's going to come out November 1st. So if you liked what you heard, guys, make sure you check that band out. Fantastic death metal band. And with that, guys, I want to thank everybody one more time for the five-star reviews we keep getting on the iTunes. That's all we ask for from you guys. It truly means the world to us if you could take the time to do that. Also want to thank everybody who keeps writing into us, rise to offend at gmail.com. We've had a lot of interaction with you guys back and forth. We try to read them when we can, but obviously we can't do them all. And it uh, doesn't matter. We truly appreciate you guys for writing into us. And make sure you guys do check out our other podcast, Rise to Offend, as we finish up Jackass this week. Thank or, you to the young person, the nameless young person that came out and saw Jaws. Yeah, thank you. Show. Hey, thank you, nameless young person. Yeah, thank you. And when, when Email I, us and let I'm us I'm sure know. she didn't tell you to give us a five-star review on iTunes face-to-face because it didn't matter because you showed up to the show. So you don't have to do shit. I also was eating fried pickles. So. Pickles! <laughs> the Metal Sucks Podcast <laughs> is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.